0: Hello, and welcome to the Real World Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 73, Five Foods to Reduce Your Cancer Risk. Hello there. I am Shelly Rael, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and the founder of Real World Nutrition. As I'm recording this, and as this drops, it is the month of February. As a lot of people know, it is Heart Month. It is also Cancer Prevention Month. So this month, I've been addressing both of these issues. So episode 71 addressed five foods for a healthy heart. And then episode 72 addressed heart disease and cancer and acknowledging and explaining that these are, of course, two different diseases, but heart disease is a whole grouping of diseases with different ways to address them. And cancer is a whole grouping of diseases with many ways to address them. So today, I am going to address five foods to reduce your risk of cancer or to reduce your cancer risk. And I just have to mention that, and I've mentioned this in the other episodes, but in case you haven't listened to it recently, haven't listened to it at all, or Forgot, heart disease is the number one killer of both men and women in the United States. Cancer is in second place, and it isn't usually the cancers that are gender specific. So, lung cancer actually affects people more than breast cancer and prostate cancer. I should say it's the leading cause of death, cancer deaths in both men and women. So, and also to mention this, in the last couple years, more recently I should say in 2021, heart disease was still number 1, cancer was still number 2, and COVID took third place in 2021. So, as much as COVID took over the death rates, took pushed all those other top 10 aside, heart disease and cancer still beat that out. Now, I don't want to say that's not a competition, but just acknowledging these are still pretty significant things that we need to consider. And as I stated, cancer is not one disease, but many different conditions under that one name. And cancer has many causes, many things that contribute to it, including smoke, sunlight, environmental issues, things that we're exposed to within our environment. There is, of course, a genetic predisposition. However, the most significant risk factor is lifestyle and overall diet pattern. So when I say diet, if you've been listening to me for any length, diet is not what most people think of where it's a restriction to lose weight, but diet is by definition, uh, overall an overall pattern of eating. And as someone, I have not yet been diagnosed with cancer, but I've had three grandparents who die- were diagnosed with cancer and they all died or succumbed as a result of those cancers, all three of them. I have Two parents, as most of us do have two parents, but both my parents have been diagnosed with cancer in the past, and both are long, long long-time survivors. My one sibling, my one and only sibling, also had a cancer diagnosis in his past, and he is also alive well, mostly, and (laughs) there's no current diagnosis of cancer. So I just say all this because I've got what one might say a very strong family history of cancer risk. So I know my risk and I do what I can to minimize that risk. So for one, I don't smoke. I never have. And I strongly, I really strongly encourage people to take every step they can can to quit or don't start in the first place. And I know it's very likely that if you're listening to this podcast, you may not be in that category, but it is still such a significant risk factor for cancer. Number two, wear sunscreen. Now, as a full grown adult who knows better, I still am caught on occasion without sunscreen. Last fall in the fall of 2022, I was on vacation in Southern Florida, started my day early and never went back to the house I was staying at and realized a little too late that I should have put on sunscreen no matter how early in the morning it was. Lessons learned. And three, get screened. I visit the dermatologist easier, or I should say, I visit the dermatologist on a regular basis for my screenings, tolerate the mammogram, and even underwent that dreaded colonoscopy when I was assigned to do so or recommended to do so. So what I say to people is those are much more painless. They are certainly inconvenient. I shouldn't say painless. Uncomfortable, I guess, is probably a better word for it. But really getting it done and hopefully having it be clear is so much easier than having to deal with all the pain. The issues that come with a cancer diagnosis, and then four physical activity: be physical act, physically active, be exercise, 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 and make primarily healthy food choices. Now, here's when it, we're going to get into the the five foods to reduce your cancer risk. But here's one to not eat or to minimize. So I'm gonna tell you five to eat, but first I wanna say we really want to minimize the highly processed meats. So those are things like the hot dogs, the bacon, the sausage. It's okay to have them on occasion if you choose, but not having them all the time. Weekly still may be too much. Minimizing high sugar beverages. High foods very high in added sugars should be minimized, and minimizing highly processed foods. Now, here's the five foods that I do encourage people to include regularly in their overall eating pattern to reduce their risk of many types of cancer. It's not all, but many types. And a lot of people don't realize that skin cancer and lung cancer. and even breast cancer and prostate cancer do have correlations with overall dietary pattern. All right, number one, orange vegetables and fruits, as well as red and yellow ones. So beta carotene and other carotenoids are a type of antioxidant that can reduce the risk of cancers, especially lung cancer and breast cancer. And beta-carotene is in orange, yellow, and red fruits and vegetables, and in some of the green vegetables. So the beta-carotene gives it that red, yellow, or orangish color, orange color. And the ones that are green that also have beta-carotene, chlorophyll is covering or, yeah, it's, it's covering the beta-carotene so it makes it look green rather than a red, orange, or yellow. So we don't see the same results in reducing cancer risk when people take supplements with beta-carotene in it or high doses of beta-carotene supplements. And actually, the risk of some cancers may go up when taking beta-carotene supplements. So here's foods high in beta-carotene. Bell peppers, all the colors, spinach, carrots, sweet potatoes, and pumpkin but any food that may be those colors red orange yellow and some of the greens here's another one tomatoes and watermelon these are both number two so they're not the same food I know but these are two that I recommend lycopene is, is in these foods so lycopene is in tomatoes watermelon pink grapefruit and guava and this is what we call a phytochemical a plant chemical that's not a bad thing and this lycopene has really been studied on how it can help minimize cancer risk specific types of cancer initially it's looking at prostate cancer this has been going on for more than 20 years however there's lots of potential benefits in reducing cancer risk and it, even if it turns out it doesn't What's the harm in eating tomatoes and watermelon and pink grapefruit? So keep in mind, a diet with a variety of fruits and vegetables can reduce the risk of not just cancer, but many chronic health issues, and tomatoes and watermelon and pink grapefruit fit in there. Number three, the cruciferous vegetables. Cruciferous cruciferous vegetables have so many benefits and I tell people how you know which ones are the cruciferous vegetables these were very likely the ones that you hated as a kid and still may not care for much but guess what cancer cells don't care for them either they don't like them and cruciferous vegetables substance in cruciferous vegetables can help minimize or inhibit cancer growth this is not after a diagnosis. Please note, there's no food that will cure cancer after a diagnosis. It's not something that happens. This can minimize your risk. So examples of cruciferous vegetables: broccoli, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, and watercress, which is type of a type of leafy green. These have compounds in them called glucosinolates. Gluco See, if you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. That's a myth. Glucosinolates. And these are frontline fighters against cancer cells. Now, cancer cells are in most of us. They just haven't grown out of control and may never grow out of control. So having these cruciferous vegetables can help that. So research shows a very high correlation between reduced risk of lung and colorectal cancer when the diet of cruciferous vegetables is high. So if we have a high intake of these cruciferous veggies, we tend to have a lower risk for these specific types of cancers. And as much as I think cauliflower rice is just silly, cauliflower has a lot of benefits. Just don't call it rice because it's not rice. Number four, berries. All berries, most berries, not just blueberries. So people think blueberries is the best one. Well, you don't have to stick with just blueberries. Strawberries, red raspberries, black raspberries, and even some of the more exotic berries that we just don't tend to get in the United States. They're not any more magical. They're just foreign. They're all pretty darn good. Again, high in antioxidants. So it's something that helps inhibit cancer growth and other phytochemicals or those special plant chemicals. And fiber is also something that's very helpful in reducing the risk of some of our GI cancers, the intestinal and colorectal cancers. And I tell people, you know, have berries daily. They don't have to be fresh berries. Frozen are fine. Just make sure you're getting some without any added sugar. And number five, coffee, coffee. Or tea. And it doesn't matter if it's black tea or green tea. People still think of coffee as bad. I still have people telling me all the time, oh, I know I need to cut back. Well, I didn't tell them they had to cut back. I don't know who's telling them they have to cut back. They may just think they have to cut back because a lot of people assume that's what we want them to do. However, coffee is one of the highest sources of antioxidants in the typical American diet. We get a lot of health benefits with antioxidants in our coffee. And more recent research, the research is continuing to show that there is benefit with coffee intake and a lower risk of liver, liver cancer, endometrial cancer, prostate cancer, and some of the oral pharyngeal cancer. So that would be like tongue and throat cancer. And that intake, that coffee intake, most people are surprised by this, but that's four to six cups. Keeping in mind, I'm not saying four to six mugs, one cup is eight ounces, so that four cups could be 32 ounces, if I'm doing my math right. And if you don't like coffee, guess what? Tea also works. Black or green tea, it doesn't really matter. Now, you may have noticed in that list of five foods, they were all plant-based foods. Well, guess what? That's where we get phytochemicals, plant chemicals, and most of our antioxidants. And that's a fact. That's saying you have to avoid animal foods, but the higher in plant foods that your diet has, the more plant foods you eat, the better health outcomes there tends to be. And people find all kinds of ways to skip their fruits and vegetables. They find all kinds of ways to do a shortcut and maybe take it in a pill or a powder scoop. And it just doesn't work that way. Food is the best sources of these nutrients, not supplements. And in part, this is because we don't know exactly which components in those fruits, which components in those vegetables And in those plant foods altogether are what are specifically reducing the cancer risk. So we don't know if it's an isolated nutrient or this combination of many nutrients in working together or synergistically. That is what is reducing our risk. So I tell people, skip the isolated supplements and go with the whole foods. Eat the whole foods, eat your fruits and vegetables. And that is real-world nutrition for today. I hope you do not ever get that cancer diagnosis. However, if you do, there are still many things that you can do to continue to live a healthy life. If you're ready to address your health and overall eating habits and your overall eating patterns to help your heart, to reduce your risk of cancer, or for any other thing that you may be concerned about, I encourage you to schedule a free introductory introductory call with me. It's a free 30-minute call with me, and we can talk about what your goals and how I can help you reach them. Look for the link in the show notes for that free 30-minute introductory call link. You all take care and bye for now.